Hello, and welcome to the Real Estate and Red Deer podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Wiseman. And I'm your co-host, Mike Wiseman. I'm a realtor in Central Alberta, and this podcast will focus on anything and everything real estate related, as well as life in general living in Red Deer. Hello, everybody. I don't, do we welcome ourselves back? How, how does this work? Well, um, we've already, yeah, I mean, I guess. We're back from vacation. I forget how this all mm. kind of goes down. Okay, so where did we go, Mike? Where did where was our vacation? We just spent three wonderful weeks in a camper van driving from Red Deer, Alberta, all the way down to Loreto, Baja, Mexico. I'll be a little more specific about the camper van because it's not really like a camper van. It's a Winnebago Solus with a pop top. And uh, it comfortably sleeps us plus our two children. Paint the picture a little paint bit the more. Picture. You paint the picture. I don't know. It's What year is it? We bought a beautiful silver Winnebago Solus built in 2022. We bought it for a smoking deal, we think, last summer, August 2022. Probably not a deal anymore, but... Nah. That's yeah, irrelevant, really, mm. to the story. They're so giving gonna... away in the U.S. But anyways. We started having this idea that we were going to live a better, more enjoyable, fulfilling life. So we, we found the Winnebago Solus, and it was like maybe that week I had put it on an auto search on Auto Trader, and I just stumbled upon this one. And the situation is sort of like, I don't want to describe it, but I feel like we got a good deal. The lady used it for maybe one trip and decided it wasn't the right life for her. So it's the right life for us, though. It was never. either going to go one of two ways. Yeah. And one was we were going to come back and say, screw this. We never want to travel in this thing again. Or we come back and say, screw our regular lives. We don't want to do that anymore. We just want to travel in our van. <laughs> we can't do that, though. We love what we do. I do want to kind of go over a list of questions to kind of get us back to that point of how we're going to yep. get there at some point, Yep. which is not really relevant. None of this is relevant to Red Deer Real Estate right now. No, it's not. But maybe all. people want to know what it's like to live with our, like, like, what's the word? Like our dilemma, you know? Right. So I'm sure a lot of people do live with the same dilemma living yeah. in Red Deer. So yeah. maybe it is worthwhile content to have a conversation. Sure. So uh, where do we go? We left from Red Deer and we drove 3,700 kilometers down to Baja, California Sur. And a little, the last point for us was Loreto, which is a couple of hours away from La Paz. La Paz, which is a couple hours away from Cabo on the peninsula. Um, we didn't have enough time to make it all the way down south, but I've heard the further south you go, the better it gets. We just simply didn't have enough time. So how did we do the trip, Mike? How did we break it up to make it like palatable? We broke it up into the first part of the trip and I guess the end of the trip coming back was the most challenging because you're in a van that's winterized driving through winter um, and you can't really use the van because all the lines are winterized. They'd freeze if they had water in them. So we, uh, the first day drove to Butte, Montana. And stayed in a hotel there. And Mm-mm. yeah. Not just any motel. The Hampton <laughs> we, Inn and Suites. We did like a bed bug research on all these hotels in the Hampton. Apparently bed bugs are a thing in the States. Yeah. So. But the Hamptons was the only one that was like, yeah, no bed bugs and breakfast included. We're like, score. So shout out to the Hamptons. Go ahead, Mike. Keep your 
Yep, yep. So next day we drove to Salt Lake City, Utah, and it was still too cold to dewinterize. So we stayed in another hotel that day. Uh, it snowed overnight. So and it was horrible that drive the next day. Oh, the drive, no, no, the drive between, to Utah was terrible. Yeah, the it was drive between super sketchy. Sorry, the drive between Butte, Montana, and Salt Lake City was probably the scariest drive ever. It's but, definitely the worst of the trip. And why? Because the speed limit posted is eighty miles per hour, which is almost one hundred and thirty-five kilometers an hour, and semis will go. 135 kilometers per hour. They're not stopping or slowing down. Yeah, so there's it is no regard for human life on the highways in America. Blizzard, whiteout, slushy roads, snow plows are shooting snow into your windshield and you're like blinded and you cannot slow down. You just can't. Because if you go any slower, they're going to crash into you. So that yeah, was... I, th I think there was one moment on that trip where the kids actually were crying in the back. They were so yeah. terrified about what was going on outside. And it was them. the snowplow because the, the snowplow snow was like shooting snow into both lanes and semis were like, get out of my way. It was scary. But yeah. anyways. Yeah, so, but we made it. We're, we're alive. We're back. Thank yeah. goodness. So then Salt Lake City. Yeah, we, we came out of the pass... Uh, in Utah heading down towards Nevada and uh, hit St. George and that was kind of the first time when we realized that there was no more snow around us and it was, I don't know, like 10-15 degrees in, in St. George when we pulled in there uh, and then we went to Las Vegas that night so we stayed uh, at a KOA in Las Vegas, got the van dewinterized, ready for the rest of the journey and okay, that, that was that. Yeah. Las Vegas was fun we only were there for just the night. One night. Why? Because we were actually heading to San Diego to spend a couple nights with my aunt who lives out um, in Escondido, which is a beautiful area in San Diego. It's like surrounded by mountains and like lakes. But we didn't stick around for long because... We were on a limited timeline and we wanted to see how far we could get south in Mexico. Yeah. And we wanted to maximize the most amount of time on the peninsula. So the yep. following day like the day that we left my aunt's we went straight to the border and the border crossing for us was mexicali east took that border crossing literally pulled in the guy was like waving me through i was like okay and that was it they didn't do a search mike went to go get our fmms sort of like a visa if you're staying longer than seven yes. days or so which is like a total waste of money because no one checked that at all no but we've heard that lots of people get checked we just had the uh the get out of jail free card with us which happens to be if you're traveling in mexico with children and tell them that you're on vacation they basically just wave you through all the military checkpoints we didn't get stopped or searched yeah. once so that was great um so went through the border really no more than 30 minutes got yeah, was to quick. San Felipe three hours later, which is our first stop. Had a beautiful sunset on the beach that night. Yeah. And then that's it. We just kept driving down. We broke up our trip and like sort of from then on, we tried to make it like no more than... Three to five hours. With the exception of one large span of eight hours because the peninsula is so vast and so there's really nothing in the middle. Like you're, it's either you're like going off roading and you're going surfing in the middle of nowhere but we didn't want to do that so for eight we had a big eight hour stretch which was brutal because their highway even though it was just recently redone which is amazing it's beautiful had no shoulders 
no no shoulders. And it was like single lane highway. Sammy's coming at you full tilt, going up mountain passes. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so what are some highlight experiences that really stand out in your mind about the whole trip? The buying uh, an inflatable paddleboard before we left was kind of like the best decision that was made before we did this trip, because that paddleboard, like the minute we hit the ocean, the kids were on it pretty much all day for but not, most of the days. But not just <laughs> the ocean, the Sea of Cortez. Yeah, the Sea of Cortez. Which is very like shallow water for a very long time in some of the beaches that we're staying clear, at. Super clear, great for snorkeling. We didn't snorkel. No, nah, we don't do that stuff. I bought like an amazing mask <laughs> and like snorkel. I didn't get in the water once. The minute we got there and the kids were like, there's stingrays and a puffer fish. I was like, nope, I don't need to go in there. That's fine with me. I will just stay at a <clears throat> distance where I can see the water, but I don't need to go in it. Yeah, we thought the kids were full of shit when they said there were p- puffer fish there. I yeah. didn't think that there would be puffer fish no, yeah, see? Yeah, they were everywhere. The paddleboard <laughs> paid itself off. They got to see so many cool things. They spent an entire day on the paddleboard GoProing a bunch of footage. That morning that you guys got the paddleboard out, I went for a run around the bay and I saw dolphins literally just swimming, like doing their little the dolphin water. thing, playing in the water while I was running. And I was like, that's a dream. Like I've always wanted to see that in real life. And then we proceeded to see them like forever all the time. Like every time we were driving, like, Oh, there's dolphins playing yeah. and dolphins. It's like deer in fields in Alberta. Yeah. It's like dolphins on the ocean in Mexico. They exactly. were everywhere. We yeah. weren't on the right part of the ocean to see whales, but I've heard the same thing further down South is like the whales just go and play in the water. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's one thing we didn't see. No, no. <laughs> so the highlight for me was definitely seeing the wildlife in the water. Yeah. Uh, what was the temperature like while we were there? Uh, in Mexico, it was fairly consistently like right around 20 to 25 degrees Celsius. But yeah. disclosure, I guess the neighbors on our beach neighbors had told us a week before we got there, it was so windy and so cold, like maybe 13 Celsius. And yeah. they said that it just like all of a sudden changed and it wasn't windy anymore and it was nice and warm. So yeah, we it's got really not, lucky. yeah, it was not a good winter. In Baja, apparently. It was, like, not their best. But, I mean, we still enjoyed it. Like, I was happy sitting outside in, like, 18-degree weather with a little tank top and some shorts. Yeah. We met a guy from Vancouver that was living in Mulahay, which is one of the places we ended up staying. And he was saying that, like, normally this time of the year it's, like, 25, 30 degrees and it's, like, super calm. There's no wind. Like, it gets to a point where he's like, could could we get a little wind here maybe? But while we were there it was kind of perfect. 20 Mm -hmm. to 25, a little bit of a breeze. A couple of the days were super sketchy driving with the the winds, especially on that big stretch coming back. But Yeah, the wind was a nightmare for driving. It was yeah. hard on the knuckles. Um, would we do it again? Would we drive down to Baja again? I personally would love to drive down to Baja again. I think kind of like we figured out how to map it out a little bit better so that we utilized our time more efficiently. But another week, I think, would no. we'd get down to the point. Another month. Well, yeah, I know. But I'm saying, like, with oh. another week, we could have got to La Paz and enjoyed that area a little bit longer. Um, yeah. See, the thing is, I think you need a good, you need a good three weeks to get to the good stuff. And then you need, like, I two know. Weeks. You could do to the good stuff in two weeks. Mike likes to rush things. I mean, see, when like, he doesn't. When there's nothing to stop. 
in between places, I like to rush things. Yeah, but he gets bored really quickly. But the thing is, like, you're either bored on the beach somewhere nice and warm, or you're bored here in Red Deer, and it's minus 30. Like, what is... Like, why? Mm -hmm. So, if I was going to do it again, I think three weeks to drive down. So, you really take your time. You do your hikes. You take two-hour, three-hour trips every day to move along slowly. And then you spend a good month and a half in the southernmost tip of Baja. And then you take another three weeks to go back up. Because honestly, it was, it felt too rushed. I still don't have time to compute many things that we saw. And I wish that we had just more time to just like soak it in. So um, here's a question for you. If you were going to do it again, what time of the year would you do it? Would you I still think, do it the same time? Yeah, I think we would have left at the same time. Just stayed longer? Yeah, and stayed longer. Or if we didn't have as much time and we weren't going as south, I would have pushed it towards, like, March. Because the driving through the snowstorms was really... It was shitty. Yeah, but I'm not certain that it would get better waiting until March because if you look at the weather right now, it's it's chaos out there. Yeah. Yeah, so. had we stayed another week, though, we would have been, like, snowbound in yeah, California. Yeah, honestly, our timing was perfect because we got through most of the states while it was still 20 degrees. Like, it was 20 degrees in Vegas the day we left, and then the next day it, it snowed and rained. So mm -hmm. uh, we avoided another sketchy six-hour drive to Utah by just leaving a day earlier. We got really lucky with the weather. Mm -hmm. So... Um, so going back to like the, you know how we were talking about like when the sun sets, the day ends and we kind of go back in. How was that living with kids? Like how did we mitigate the fact that we had no internet, like no Wi-Fi, right. really like no, nothing. When we were on those beaches in the middle of nowhere with tons of other van lifers, by the way, but how would we mitigate that so they wouldn't be bored? Uh, well, we downloaded stuff on the iPads, uh, when we had Wi-Fi, so that, that helped out for sure. And then, uh, we had a, a portable DVD player that would plug into, uh, 12 volt cigarette lighter plugins. Look at the camera, not me. Don't tell <laughs> me the story. I know the story, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that DVD player on Amazon. I yeah, remember... Andrea made two really good purchases before yep. we made a, went on this vacation, and that was the DVD player and the, the inflatable paddleboard and those two things are probably the two things that got used the most on our trip mm -hmm. i would say they they paid themselves off quite easily just on this trip alone so and if was, you're uh, looking to, to do the dvd thing you just go to the library and rent like a whole bunch of dvds and it's, it's all free we had like 50 dvds i went through so many cool shows while we were there I don't know. I mean, like, it was like it was like a moment to catch up on stuff that you hadn't watched, and you're like, I really wanted to watch that movie, but I didn't have time. Yeah. So yeah, the only other thing that I think would have been good to have that we're, we have purchased for our next trip is a portable mm. propane fire pit. So that's going to be a, another thing that we have on our next trip that will give us the ability to kind of extend the day a little bit later uh, by having something to kind of sit around because we couldn't. They, they wouldn't really allow you to burn fire there's no wood, wood though there's no wood available um so and they didn't want people just going and picking through all the driftwood and all the random minor amounts of wood that was surrounding the cactus in the desert nearby the beach right so um propane yeah. fire pits are allowed so. or or <laughs> starlink for oh, rvs yes, for sure everybody had starlink out there and it was so funny because like as soon as you're nice to someone like the minute you were nice to someone like a neighbor like oh hi they're like do you want my starlink password and you're like uh, okay, sure. Yeah, I'm not going to say no. 
Yeah. It was so funny, hey? Like, yeah. people love their Starlink out there, but they're living their best lives. Like, but a lot of those so people, people are, like, working, working yeah. offline, right? Well, not offline, but, you know, remotely, I guess is the word. So, like, a lot of people were working IT, marketing jobs, that sort of thing, and everybody has Starlink out there, and that's, like, you just get, you have Wi-Fi everywhere. It's the way to go, and people who were just doing online schooling, too, were just like, well, I'm going to sit around and do school. Why don't I just sit in my van and do it in some amazing city with lots of culture yeah. Like, yeah okay shoot why didn't i do that oh can God. rent a rv campsite for 600 bucks a month and mm-hmm. and do your schooling was it that expensive i think that's what uh sunny was paying mulahe oh yeah that's yeah. right oh mulahe was expensive for that though because yeah. they had but it was good services yeah they had like showers they had really yeah. good services and stuff see most of the campgrounds that we went they weren't really campgrounds it was like you pull up to a beach and there would be like a guy who would like wave you down and it would be like five dollars or ten dollars a night and they're like well there's wi-fi but it's at a restaurant and the wi-fi sucked and there'd be toilets but it's like a hole in the ground so there it's not really a campground there's no there's no power there's no water it's just you pull up to the beach edge where the water is park and then that's it yeah it was pretty amazing the only thing with uh, the van life in Mexico that you really have to sort of like be preemptively thinking about is water because you can't just get water at any tap. You have to go and buy water at these purified water stations. So you always have to be thinking like, how much water am I going to have for this couple days? Where do I have to load up? And that was yeah. sort of like a pain in the butt a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that was the hardest part, I think. Like in Canada, you just go to any campground and they have fresh water available and you know you can drink it without getting super sick. So we were driving around loaded with water most of the time because we didn't know how far it would be until we got to the next water station. So uh, mm. that was, I guess, kind of the, the biggest bummer, but mm. it was a manageable problem. Yeah, and we didn't run out of water. We didn't shower in the van. We decided not to shower in our van because not because we don't have the space it's just because i it's like mitigating one problem that we don't need to create and for me it's water in those vans it's like just a recipe for issues further down the line and yeah. you know the most we went was like two days without a shower so yeah we stayed at a couple campgrounds that had good washroom facilities had had an yeah. active shower and so. you guys ended up we were so lucky because i didn't get sick the whole trip but the one night that these guys got sick mike Huxley and Zap. We were so lucky that it we was were, in Loretto. We were at a like campground with a bathroom and the bathroom was like really, it was like nearby. It wasn't like a kilometer walk. It was just like, oh my gosh, thank goodness. Yeah. There was three of us just blowing ass. <laughs> for like Huxley night. wakes up. He's like, like, I gotta go to the bathroom. Two o'clock in the morning. He's like, I gotta go to the bathroom. Yeah. I don't know what's happening. I was like, oh, I think you got the shits. Buddy. That was the one, the, the one problem we did run into was the cassette toilet did get filled that day. So we oh. actually had no way to empty it and had to actually use the the campground washroom that night because we couldn't use the the trailer washroom anymore it was physically <laughs> it was brimming physically impossible brimming yeah. anyways outside of that it was uh, no problems that's at all. too much information yeah. so anyways how was it with living with the with the kids it was great they slept up top in the pop top they played all day sort of like exploring um, my kids are out of the beach phase where they dig so they're more into the explore phase they looked yeah. at rocks and nature and wildlife day one they started digging and that lasted that, about an hour and then they yeah. got on the paddleboard and the paddleboard was yeah. the new thing so. yeah and they yeah. like wandering they like seeing they like doing so they're not really sedentary anymore um they don't have toys or games but they did 
resort to a lot of video game time on our drives, which sort of like was a thing where we kind of let that happen because we don't do a lot of video games at home. Yeah, that was a concession for the drive because we knew we were going to be doing a lot of long days, you know, anywhere from like three to we, the longest day we did was 13 hours on the way home. But yeah. uh, like on average, we were probably two to four hours a day. Yeah. So they had their video game time during that time, which is fair. I think that's fair. How do you feel about being home? Here's the thing. This is the first trip we've ever done where I wasn't like, I need I need to go home. I, 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 I myself have like a lot of stresses when I travel. I get homesick so easily that the minute like something feels off, I panic and I'm like, okay, cut the trip short. I need, I need to get the fuck out. I need to go home. Like I did this in New York city when I visited a friend, there's like a hurricane coming and I was was like, get out. I'm like, I'm, I'm bye. I'm leaving. See ya. I did this in other places. I think San Diego, I tried to pull out once. I like, I just panic and I want to leave. It's fairly consistent that every vacation that we've gone on, that's been more than like a week long. We'll, we'll get kind of like stir crazy and need to get home and it'll always end up being about a day early. So how do I feel about being home? I mean, like, for the one day that we got home, I was like, ooh, it feels good to be home, do laundry, get a good shower. But then, like, the second day, I was like, reality oh, set Oh, it's over. Yeah. I I want to go back. It's minus 20. When we were gone when we on were vacation, gone, yeah. it, the weather here was actually not that bad until a couple of days before we got back. And then it's been consistently shitty for the first almost two weeks that we got back, bouncing between... You know, minus five one day, minus 20 the next, so. But not just <clears throat> shitty, like, like, slow with work, Work you know? is slow, too, yeah. And we didn't miss a lot while we were gone, and we're not missing a lot being back, which makes it tough to be back, because we probably could have taken another week and really not missed much of anything here, so. Yeah. Um, and the kids are sad. Like, you could see that they're, like, the their little light is like not shining as bright as it did during the trip like yeah you know they're they're happy to be with their friends and like their activities and jujitsu and whatever but like you could tell they're like well it's winter outside what am i gonna do you know like yeah, i'm like go like play outside can... and they're like well like yeah, what are we gonna do it's minus 20 out there yeah. yeah i think that's the hardest part for me is like seeing their little lights dim you know and and then my light is fucking dying inside because it's so hard not to be outside all day after being outside all day right you know yeah like we had the van doors <laughs> open we were having coffee on our bed we were listening to birds i was seeing dolphins <gasps> amazing all right. So just going back to the trip, where did it actually stem from? Let's just go way back in time because I kind of have to talk about... How did we end up going to Baja in the first place? Yeah, and I, I and then I sort of want to talk about like how it made me realize I'd never want to be a YouTuber or travel influencer because <laughs> with my ADHD comes an obsessive, compulsive drive to want to like absorb something so much intensely yes so i sort of stumbled upon a baja idea when i found kara and nate's youtube stuff and i was like oh my gosh we need to go to baja and michael's like okay sure let's do it when i'm like in january now. february let's go no, let's what go you said it was like now, now. And this was like december 18th <laughs> but when i say now i mean like in a month though i don't mean like now now yeah, but need a time to plan. nobody knows that but you. But anyways, I fell into the YouTube world of travel videos yeah. and I was like, oh my gosh, I want to do, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this for the rest of my life. Well, 
<laughs> and so I studied every video. I watched every travel vlogger, did all my research, got all the tools that I needed, GoPro mounts, little tripods. <laughs> and the friggin' minute that we get to Mexico, I was like, and passion's over. I'm done. I was just like, it was like a light bulb went off and I was like, nah. Yeah. I'm good. Our I, daughter was more interested in doing the, uh, the yeah. GoPro daily updates than yeah. you were. Yeah, I was like, honestly, the minute that we started living our life and just enjoying the moment or like just being in a space, I was like, who's got time to like document this? Like who's got time to talk about it? Put the tripod down, start talking about your, I just wanted to be in the moment and yeah. enjoy it. It's and I wasn't such super thrilled job. about this idea to begin with. And I think that was exactly wise mm -hmm. because when we get there, I wanted to actually enjoy that and not have it ruined by having to like get a certain amount of footage and like do interviews on what we were doing that day and how it went and all that sort of thing. I just wanted to kind of like be in the zone and have fun with the kids. And mm -hmm. um, I'm happy that we have footage though. So we'll just stick with real estate, which I love doing. Yeah. It's been a hard return to real estate though, to be honest. I, uh, I usually am really excited to get back to work and this one's this, this return's been even challenging for me. I think like I'm the one person that always kind of like is ready to get back into the swing of things and get going and work really hard when I get back. And, and it's been a tough couple of weeks. So don't get us wrong. We Bear still, with me. I'm getting there. We still want to work really hard. We're like in it to win it. Like we're, I'm like 10 year goal. Let's go Mike. Yep. 150 houses. Let's sell them a year. And Mike's like, no, no, we're going to keep it reasonable. So a hundred continue to have a good work-life balance 100 no 80 no 75 i don't know <laughs> we could do we'll that. see <laughs> <laughs> we had a pretty good start to this year already anyways so. we we work to live now is our motto yeah we work to live yeah we have the opportunity sitting in our driveway to just get out and go if we have the time to do it so everything um, revolves around van life now to an extent. Yeah. To an extent, yeah. We would probably think about it daily now. Did your inaugural trip inspire you to consider van life for an extended period? This is a question from someone on Instagram, and I totally value this question. Yeah, well, 100%. Yeah, I, I think we both kind of had the opinion after this trip that this is something that we could do full-time when we are working less. When we get a little bit older and the kids are out of the house, I would be hammering out van life yeah, for sure. Thanks for listening to our podcast, guys. We'll be back probably with a better attitude and with more Red Deer and real estate related content in yeah. the following weeks. As we catch up with work and start getting into the swing of things a little bit more consistently, we'll come up with another uh, podcast that is a little bit more Red Deer relevant. If you can think of any podcast ideas for us to talk about in the meantime, send us an email at mike at mikewiseman.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy your week.